Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This was a long day for Jesus, teaching on the Sabbath, exercising a demon from a man in the synagogue, healing Simon's mother-in-law. Notice that Simon Peter had a mother-in-law. That meant he was married. He was the first pope, the first pope, and he was married. So anyway, just a aside. Healing the sick as he laid hands on every single one of them that came to him to be healed. And also casting out more demons. He worked from sunrise to sunset. The people were amazed because his word was one of authority. Indeed, his word does have authority. As we heard last week, the Spirit of God was upon Jesus. He had come to proclaim good news to the spiritually poor, like us, who have no righteousness of our own. He had come to proclaim release to the captains, uh, uh, captives of Satan, those who, like us, are enslaved to the power of sin. When Jesus speaks, he creates reality. So he speaks with authority. Thus, when he rebukes a demon, the demon must obey him. When he rebukes a fever, some innovative technique of dealing with illness, he rebukes the fever and the fever subsides. He has authority and his word has authority. Now, if you are paying close attention to the lessons and to what I've just said, then you'll notice that I left something out. What else is there that Jesus did that I did not mention? It relates to the demons. Jesus rebuked them and would not allow them to speak. Not only did he exercise his power over these demons in removing them from the people that they were tormenting, all the while protecting the person, but he also stopped them from speaking. So what is it that they were saying or trying to say? Well, the first one, the text tells us, said, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And then others were saying, you are the Son of God. Yes, even the demons know who Jesus Christ is, and they they shudder for fear. Now, these demons were not telling a lie. And yet Jesus stopped them from speaking. Jesus would not allow them to speak when it doesn't conform to his will. And this was not the time for his true identity to be revealed. So he would not allow them to speak that way. He has authority and he will determine what is to be said. Now we here are marching through life centuries Millennia have gone by since this time. People have been born and people have died. We're marching towards something. We're moving toward the consummation of Christ's kingdom when he will return for judgment. And the thing is, there is someone who will stand as an accuser. He's Satan. Satan will stand and accuse you and accuse me. And what will he say? What what will Satan say? You haven't honored God above all else. 
Yeah, that's what he'll say. You're a liar. You committed adultery. You committed murder. Looking at someone with anger, you're guilty of murder. You stole. You didn't protect your neighbor's property. Love your neighbor? Ha! You call that love? These are all of Satan's accusations. The bad news for us, the bad news is that these accusations are true. When we examine our hearts and we see ourselves in the mirror of God's law, we go, oh, this is true. (laughs) But friends, the good news is that Jesus stops Satan's mouth, just like he rebuked the demons and would not allow them to speak. Christ has spoken. In his suffering, his death, and his resurrection, Christ has spoken, and he has declared that you are loved. You are redeemed. You are his. God sees you now through Jesus' lenses, pure and sinless. I want to share a story this morning. I think paints a good picture of this. Before I, I wanted to do this before I, before I knew that uh, Reverend Rake would be here with us this morning, but here he is. Uh, and so uh, he, and I did have his permission to share this, um, but it's, it's, it's a really good, it, it captures this very well. So as a young child, um, Tim was, uh, got into a fight with a kid who was older than him. We probably, many of us have been there before. And before too long, the other kid had the upper hand and uh, was on top of him and it just wasn't looking good for Tim. But then comes along Tim's older brother. (laughs) And Tim's older brother jumps onto the pile. All right, so now Tim's at the, he's still at the bottom of the pile and he's still under attack. But now there is someone bigger and stronger and greater who is over top of him. And he knows, and he gets that sense of peace that it's okay. I'm still under attack. I'm still at the bottom of this pile. But there is someone here that is an advocate for me, protecting me. And and that is a, a great picture and an image of Jesus. Notice the same image in our account here. Jesus stood over Simon's mother-in-law and he rebuked the fever. He laid his hands on every one of them that came to be healed and they were healed. Of course, it's no wonder that they wanted him to stay. But healing and exorcising demons were not the primary reasons for his coming. Jesus said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. Brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ has power, and his power is in his word, the gospel of salvation that he was sent to preach. Do not be like the people of his hometown, Nazareth, who would not hear his words and believe the gospel, They would not believe that he was the Christ long foretold by the prophets, even though he was standing there telling them, in your hearing, if you will hear it, this is me. I am here to fulfill this prophecy. I am the Messiah. But they would not hear that. 
They were too interested in healing miracles. I know that we ask for healing. I mean, we, we pray and we ask. And, and that's okay. We have a promise from God that he hears our prayers. We have a promise from God that he invites us. He bids us to come to him and to lift our prayers to him. We have a promise that he loves us. We have a promise that he works his will, which is always what is best for us. But that doesn't equate to a promise of healing. Not in the sense of physical illness. Maybe we will be healed of our earthly weaknesses. That's why we lift these prayers to God. Or maybe we won't. But brothers and sisters, we're promised something from God that is far greater, far greater than taking away any of these temporal concerns that we have only here and now in this life. Jesus says, in me, your sins are forgiven. He says, this is my body and this is my blood shed. For who? Shed for you. For the forgiveness of sins. Those are Jesus' words. Jesus says, I baptized you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I washed away your sin. He stands over you. He stands over you and he protects you. So when Satan accuses you, you can say right back to Satan, you're right You are right about all of your accusations concerning me. I am not worthy of forgiveness. I am not worthy of God's love. I have not done enough to deserve his mercy. But Satan, you are wrong about Jesus. Worthy is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And the Lamb has given his life for me. I am baptized into Christ. In him, I am worthy. In him, I am forgiven. In him, I am redeemed. Thanks be to God. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.